Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of the Hunt, Lift, Eat podcast. I'm Carter, and I'm here with the one and only Rob in his garage. <laughs> coming, off a, <laughs> coming off a yoga instructor victory, man. What's going on? Nothing I will admit to and nothing that they can prove, Carter. What about you, bud? <laughs> Life is good, dude. You always seem to brighten the mood when you're when you're on these things with me, man. So I appreciate it. I do what I can, man. I do what I can. I mean, you work hard, so, you know got to get recognition for it. You, you yeah. put a lot of effort and work into this. So I need to make sure you get recognized, man. Oh, you're the man. I appreciate it. But today's not about us. We got a special guest today. We got the one and all face to face for once chef and owner of Denver cooking classes. And welcome to the hunt, lift, eat podcast, Sarah. Hey, hunt, lift, eat guys. Yeah. Let's look at go. you. Got the Damn, sweatshirt. You look good. Yeah. Sweatshirt yeah. ready to rock. Come on. <laughs> Got my camo. Yeah. Is that, is that the only camo you own, Sarah? No. <laughs> Please. No, here's the deal, though. Here's the thing. This is the only pair of sweatpants that I own. And I promised myself I was never going to buy sweatpants because they became popular during the pandemic. Mm-hmm, sweatpants. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I'm not going to do it, but here we are. Things change. And I bought myself a pair of sweatpants, but they're Life camos. Goes so. on. Yeah, right. So well, yeah. going to yoga instructor school has taught me that I cannot wear yoga pants. It looked like I'm smuggling plums across the border. So, <laughs> hey, that's all right. Well, welcome. Uh, welcome to the podcast with us, Sarah. You want to give us kind of a little background on, on who you are and what you got going on? Because you, you got a lot of irons in the fire. I do. Thank you. Yeah. Um, so, you know, first and foremost, um, I am the owner, chef owner of Denver Cooking Classes. Um, this has been my baby for four years, just this past March. Um, and what we do is we teach cooking classes. Um, the model is actually in home. Um, and so we go to people's homes with our chef kits and our aprons and knives and cutting boards and, you know, and all the things. Um, and we teach global menus. So right now we have eight menus that you get to choose from. Uh, this is Italy, France, uh, Mexico, Thailand, um, India, China, Mm. Japan. And I know I'm missing one. Um, gosh, (laughs) Spain. And it's a three course meal. Um, a few of the menus allow us to be uh, really local and seasonal, especially Italy. Uh, where, you know, we do a handmade gnocchi and, and, and I get to source a lot of cool lo- local ingredients and things like that. Um, so that's the main thing. We also do corporate and team building classes as well at my kitchen, um, just a little bit outside of downtown. So that's that's super cool. Um, and then I'm also the owner of Dalton Culinary. Um, and that is where I do some really small scale catering, also in-home, multi-course meals. Um, and then I also cook for hunters. Um, at hunting lodges all over Colorado, New Mexico, and even uh, just this year, Canada. So I'll go out during the hunting season, elk, typically duck in Canada, um, and uh, cook. Uh, I'll live in the lodge for two to three months and during the whole season. Um, and every week is a different group of hunters that come in and I cook their breakfast, lunch, and dinner and um, get very, very lucky with those of whom trust me now because I've been doing it for so many years, bring me all kinds of really fresh, like still alive backstrap and tenderloin and really cool things like that. So that's what I'm doing right now. Um, yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. You, uh, I mean, one that sounds like the coolest job in the world, right? Like, especially from a hunter's perspective and Mm -hmm. like, I, I totally get it. I haven't been to a lodge yet where my meals have been provided to me. I'm still on the, uh, Carter, you're missing out, bud. I know, man. I'm saving up my dollars. I'm saving up my dollars, but I'm I'm still on the jet boil in the snow kind of budget. Um, But I would love to love to get to that level. And that's got to provide a totally different aspect and and perspective from from your side of things to the world of hunting and fishing and, and the outdoors. Mm-hmm. It's really cool. I mean, these guys come in and, you know, and I obviously I can't say where or, or, or whom or, or whatever, but, um, you know, these guys come in and you, this is their yearly 
hunt, right? You know, and, and they absolutely, yep. they're, they save up, they're happy, which just makes it really, really fun because they're in such a, you know, they're just like, they're just so happy and nice and, and just excited to be there. And the, obviously the surroundings are amazing. And I'm, I'm very lucky that there's several different lodges and some of them aren't as nice, um, but they certainly take care of me too and put me in the nice ones. Um, one of my <laughs> colleagues goes to the, to the rougher ones, you know, but, and he's, he's certainly more cooking on a fire, yeah. um, boiling water right over it and which I could do too, but I'll take the lodge any day, <laughs> <laughs> you know, Carter, so. you, you've heard this story before. Was it like two or three years ago? I was sitting with my buddy, Mike Everett in the middle of the woods. It was late season. Um, and we were in Kremlin, Colorado and we were up to our nuts in snow and hunting elk. And I'm like, I don't want to do this like this anymore. Next year, I want to be in a lodge. I want to wake up to a, like an old Portuguese woman cooking me dinner or breakfast <laughs> with a dog on the porch, hot coffee. You, you know, old crusty dude points to the woods and says, you know, hey, elk are out that way. Come right. back and dinner's prepared. So yep. Carter, you are missing. And I got that last year. I got that down at Unit 80. And dude, it is the best. Cool. Yeah, awesome. it's fun, but I'm sorry that I can't fulfill the old Portuguese lady part. Glass, <laughs> <laughs> maybe someday. <laughs> uh, anything can happen, right? That's funny. So, yeah. Sarah, what is your, like, how would you describe your relationship with the outdoors and and wild game? Feel free to go as far yeah. back as you want to in right. your timeline. Good question. So, I grew up in Cincinnati, Ohio. Um and I grew up in the suburbs, you know, but the area I grew up in was all wooded. Not anymore, unfortunately, because, you know, houses. Um, but but as a kid, I grew up and I was always outside. Number one, there is a creek, as my grandma called it, a crick <laughs> in the backyard. Um, but I swear I would go out there by myself, never afraid of being out in the woods by myself and go down to the creek and, and there was always clay and uh, I would collect the clay and I'd actually use it for a facial, that kind of thing. Um, and I had a, a neighbor who um, was kind of a father figure to me. And he was a, an avid uh, hunter, deer, um, namely. And so he taught me all kinds of, of things, just being outdoors and that kind of thing. And, and then furthermore, I, I grew up fishing. And so I've been able to do walleye fishing up in Lake Erie, um, and then the, the classic thing in Cincinnati is bass and catfish. And so I used to do these really cool catfish, um, catfishes where you'd stay up all night long, um, you know, and I was one, I would always get the big one, right? And you get like money every hour. It was super cool. And then also we would do turkey shoots and, and then uh, duck hunting and, and that kind of thing. So, you know, I, I grew up just in, in my neighborhood too, was all boys, all of it was all boys and myself. And um, so we were like building bike trails and swinging on vines, you know, and of course, drinking beer in the woods. Sorry, mom. Um, <laughs> you know, when we got to that age, we're like getting our, our case of, I don't know, Milwaukee's best and, you know, drinking it in the woods. <laughs> I know it's terrible. Um, but, uh, you know, so that's really where it all started. Um, I also grew up uh, showing horses. And so big time in the Western horse world. And then I went into the English um, hunter jumper world as well. Um, but trail riding and bow, you know, learning how to shoot bow and arrow, shooting guns, all of it. Um, that was my childhood, you know. And so then I moved to Colorado 20 years ago when I was, well, oh God, when I was 20, um, 22 years ago. And, uh, <laughs> and um, stop it. Stop it. Rob. Yeah, I know. I don't know. I don't know how old Carry I am. Carry the one. <laughs> I just had a birthday like on Mother's Day. That was my birthday. And I I had to be like, Mom, how what is it? 43, 42? Anyhow, um, so I came out to Colorado chasing, you know, the horse idea, you know, where I really wanted to, you know, do more with riding and things like that. So I ended up in Telluride. And I got to live on 120 acres outside of Telluride there where we had rescued Mustangs. And we did all kinds of horseback riding and, and riding in the desert, you know, that kind of thing. But I, you know, I didn't 
fish or hunt, you know, or do any of that kind of stuff as much, but more hiking and very much Colorado. Right. Um, so, but you know, again, as a young kid, always in the woods for sure. It was a really long answer to your question. No, I, I love it. And it just makes me super happy. And I think like I got into cooking more when I started actively hunting and fishing a, a mm-hmm. lot more. Right. And like, I, there's Absolutely. definitely, there's definitely a connection between an upbringing like that. And then, you know, then turning, you, you described like such a bountiful area in yeah. Ohio and, you know, it's a outdoorsman's paradise there. And it, it's, it opens up so many doors to then, okay, this is, you know, this is food. We do this because one, this is fun, right? This is awesome being outside and, and spending time in the outdoors and the camaraderie and all those things. And then, and then two, like, yeah. And Mm -hmm. then two, like, how can this be food for, you know, me and my family? And then that opens up an unlimited amount of, you know, growth and, and study that you down this chef route, I would say, right? Like, yeah, it's, it's a really cool connection. It is. And, you know, it's funny because growing up, food really wasn't a thing for me, you know, and um, I'm going to have to apologize to my mom again. But, uh, you know, (laughs) I'm like, sorry, mom, again. Um, You know, there was there was four of us and and uh, it was quantity, not quality. Get food on the table and like, let's go. Um, So there was a lot of foods that I just didn't even think I liked. And there was also, you know, we were in the suburbs in in Ohio. There's not, you know, the same access to food like we really do have here in Colorado. I would even say that where I grew up is more of a food desert. Um, I mean, your your Friday night out was Applebee's, right? Mm -hmm. Um, So I I personally couldn't cook or flip a freaking pancake if my life depended on it. Um, But uh, so I did, and and this was actually in Telluride, start, um, you know, my, my world opened up into food and I actually had a roommate who was a hunter, um, avid and he did elk hunting and stuff. And he would always teach me the the calls. We would like, we'd be three o'clock in the morning, like calling out the window. Um, I'm sure your neighbors walk. love that. Yeah, no, <laughs> who not? I mean, they're all right there anyway. It's Telluride, you know, I mean, you know, but, but he taught me all, all of that. And, and that's really where my, my cooking, um, came in, but also, walleye when we were fishing for walleye growing up and in lake erie you catch those fish and right there fillet them up you know and fry them right there on the Mm -hmm. on the beach um you know and so over the years my appreciation has absolutely grown and then and when i started working at these hunting lodges and you know people are bringing you backstrap you know from two hours ago you know that's still warm (sighs) right well, hopefully not too warm, right? Yeah, that's <laughs> amazing. Yeah. yeah, no, absolutely. You know, and and you know, what are you going to do with this? Well, you know, rub it in coffee and some good salt and pepper. That's all it needs. Pop it on the smoker, and oh my god, you know, yeah. So that's amazing. That's, I'm that's, I'm an awful cook. I I I cannot cook. So that's why when we you and I bumped into each other at the Denver Hunters Expo, I was like, oh. This is the person I've been looking for because yeah. I love to hunt, but I mean, yeah, I make an elk burger, but that's right. about where like my talent stops. I'm mm-hmm. not much of a cook. Do you have a, do you have a favorite that you like to make? Oh my gosh. So, you know, that's, that's great. I, the favorite recently, um, is just when you, when you bring me backstrap and you just, you just, or tenderloin, right. And you just treat it right. You know, and that's a huge conversation with, you know, marinating or not to marinate, you know, or, or whatever. And I, I personally just keep it really simple um, and literally either smoke it or grill it. Um, that's just, that's the best, right? Um, and there's kind of this thing that I think about, like what grows together goes together. And I like to think about what, what our harvest is Ooh, eating. That's um, a good one. Time, right. You know, and so berries and and things like that that are kind of out there um you know in their in their habitat if you will and and pulling those and cooking throw a little bit of pine on the smoker right around the end some pine needles um things like that but uh i also recently just made antelope sloppy joes y'all Ooh, 
Uh, Look at Carter's face. Look at Carter's face. Ooh. I'm really yeah. intrigued. <laughs> yeah, we did a, a Super Bowl party, and um, I had some antelope that was right off the out of New Mexico, and um, you know, it's got some pork in there, of course, for fat because antelope is not lean. fat. Yeah, very very as lean. lean as lean can be. Yeah, the most lean, I think. Yeah. Um, but uh, I was just thinking about it, and I'm like. You know, yeah, so I did some brioche buns and made a, a homemade, you know, manwich, if you will. A um, little bit of coleslaw. Come put it on. on a, and just, boom, and cooked it up. Oh, my God. It was epic. Are you kidding me? So that's kind Carter, of- Carter, why would you schedule this at lunchtime? <laughs> I know, dude. I've, I was moving my friend all morning and I haven't eaten today. And my, <laughs> me neither. <laughs> my, now I'm thinking about, all right, I got some- uh, make a burger after this. That's what I'm thinking about. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so, so that's a, a really fun thing I like to play with. Um, I just also did just a, a venison bolognese, but I, I did also use um, wild boar bacon and while that's lean and you do want to, you know, you want, you do want to have your fat in there. So I did, um, it was elk, a little bit of pork, a little bit of veal and wild boar bacon. Um, just because it lends such an amazing flavor. God, I love wild boar. Yeah. Um, so that was pretty, pretty killer. I'm, you know, rabbit. I've got a whole rabbit in my freezer right now. And I'm sitting here like, I want to do a pozole. Um, what is that? Pozole. So New Mexican dish. You can do it either rojo or verde, um, but chilies. And I, my favorite is the Rojo. So you dehydrate guajillo chilies um, and uh, a, a mixture of them, hominy, you know, and then typically pork. But I think rabbit would be really cool. And that's that's kind of my next little project is I like to, to get all the game that I can and then do something different. Right. And uh, Carter, you and I had spoken very briefly just kind of about about that. Um, where it's what I hear the most is, you know, especially with backstrap and things like that, Italian dressing. God, just <laughs> shoot. <laughs> Italian dressing. And and everybody tells you like their, their way, right? Everybody has a way. Yeah. And they're like, but it's always Italian dressing or buttermilk. It's brutal. There's, you know, some, pretty, there's some pretty egregious, like wild game cooking I, mistakes that people make over here in mm -hmm. Appalachia pretty frequently every fall yeah. and every September during dove season, which you and I also talked about mm -hmm. not to like knock anybody's like way to cook it. However you want to eat it. Right. Like I'm not going to tell you how to eat your wild game, but I am going to tell you there's an unlimited amount of options out there and wild game. Like you said, the respect <laughs> to give it the respect it deserves. It's worth <laughs> trying something new and, and, and you know, maybe, turn up the difficulty level, try something, push yourself a little bit, right? That's how you advance your cooking yeah. skills. And, you know, you don't have to slather it in cream cheese and bacon and oh, gross. put well, it in a Ziploc bag with Italian dressings. Like, come yeah, on. No. And, and then what's happening too, is you're, you're taking away from like, I think the whole point of it, you know, and that's, that's just the, the beautiful, delicious flavor um, of game. And, Something that we also talked about is that, um, you know, often, often I hear people say, um, oh, I don't, I won't eat elk and I won't, I won't eat venison. Um, oh, I won't eat this. I won't eat that because why? It's gamey. It's gamey. gamey. Yep. <laughs> and this is a really, I mean, this is a discourse that we could have really on yeah. gamey. Um, but uh, my personal opinion is that it's just different because it's eating different food um, out there in the wild. And, uh, you know, we are used to the, the farm raised corn fed meat. And so, because, you know, and, and, and I guess in your area, Carter, of course, probably there's white tail deer and, yeah. you know, duck and all that. They're absolutely eating corn. Um, For sure. You know, but but this is it's just much different diet, and so your meat is going to taste different. But it's 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 a perception, the gamey 
kind of thing. I, I, I hear so many people really knock rabbit and I actually think it's mild. I think it's delicious. It's, it's not gamey at all. I, that's just, again, it's a perception um, thing, but uh, we're, we're just used to a different, to our animals being fed a very, very standard diet. Um, yeah. So then that's why when, when you get your, your backstrap and your tenderloin and you, you drop it in some um, Italian dressing, cause <laughs> you're trying to take away from this. Or, right. I guess, and, it's like and, folks uh, are trying to cover it up. Yeah. Well, and I've, and I've seen people do this and I've had it where it's become just mush because of all the acid. Um, you know, people are using like a lot of very acidic marinades and letting it sit. And then you just, you just have mush and it's, what are you doing? I, you know, breaks my heart. So when the pandemic started, my grocery store completely ran out of meat. I had a freezer full of bear. And so I, I remember gave- that. Yeah. We gave bear meat to all of our neighbors and um, uh-huh. the common reaction was, well, what do I do with this? And I'm like, you have a good time. Experiment with it. Try it. And they're like, oh, I heard it's really gamey. Well, now I have a neighborhood full of hunters and they're nice. all like, hey, let's, let's go hunting. Yeah. And yes, bear okay, let's. The great <laughs> equalizer. Yeah. Yep. I said, and bear chefs. So did, did anybody, you know. Chilies, all <laughs> nice. some they, they tried um, yeah. everything from roasts to chili to all kinds of different stuff, but it opened up some eyes and some tongues here in the Castle Rock, South Denver metro area. So yeah, yeah. and that's and that's that's important. You know, um, when when I am in the the lodges in the fall, each hunter also does get a bear tag. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I was very, very lucky personally to, um, get to just watch them, um, you know, dress it, if you will, and, and, you know, skin it and everything right there. And I, I, I have not personally cooked bear. Um, it was right there in front of me, but, uh, I, I just, it was cool. Yeah. Well, season season's coming quick. So I'll see what I can do for you, Sarah. Sweet. Yeah. Yes, please. Hey, I just heard, I was just talking to, to my tattoo artist actually, and his, uh, one of his buddies made kangaroo chili. Ooh. Yeah. I'm like, Didn't, okay, I'm in. We just had a, we had a teammate that just came back from Africa yeah. and nice. I was talking about how great the, uh, the meat was. Yeah. Nice. What meat? He, uh, he Carter, you might know more. Oh, he said a lot of beast, disable, kudu. Mm. Impala. Wow. All sorts of stuff. That's yeah. so cool. Yeah. It, it is cool. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. I, you know, I've got a lot of access to a lot of, a lot of just our local um, elk, you know, pronghorn, um, deer, mule deer, namely mule deer here, um, pheasant, duck. So much you can do with so many of those things. Goose. Yep. Yep. Um, I just did a pheasant gumbo. Uh, yeah. was, so many people in our culture that have home. never tried duck. It's delicious. Yep. It's, the, and again, this is really a, a, a big discourse and it's just really how you are um, handling and cooking it. You know, uh, game is very, 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 very uh, often and easily overcooked. Mm-hmm. Um, over marinated. Um, and then do you think, do you think that's ahead. because people are like nervous about it? So they yes. overdo it. Yeah. Yeah. I think so. And again, it's just, they think it's their perception is that it's gamey and they're really working to get rid of that. Um, and you know, that's again, like a, a huge conversation about, you know, h- how you're harvesting when you're harvesting, mm-hmm. um, you know, how did you break down your animal? Did, you know, what, what was your animal doing? You know, are they in a rut right in their rut right now? And there's, they're skinny and full of testosterone, you know, because they're fighting and they're doing all these things, you know, out there in the, in the, in the rut season, um, you're going to have a different product, right? Um, how old is the animal? And again, how did you field dress it? You know, when it comes to like hogs or what are those, with the scent thing, you cut that. Yeah. You're going to have, yeah, you're going to have a, a pretty intense, um, product. Right. And so 
there's just so many different, I don't know. I mean, like I said, we could talk for hours and hours and hours about that. So yeah, I think people are nervous. I think people just, they don't understand. Um, and, and you do, you have to hunt and, and go through that entire process, right. From, from, you know, understanding your, your, what, what you're hunting with, whether it's bow and arrow or a gun, um, you know, rifle, uh, you know, whatever it is you're hunting to being out there with your, your, uh, comrades, um, and hiking in the woods and, you know, going through that whole thing and then field dressing and then getting it home, you know, and then cooking it and having it on your table. Mm-hmm. And when you understand and get to go through that entire process, the, the respect, um, is just next level profound. You know, um, I haven't actually been able to hunt in, in some time and I'm hoping to get to do that, but you know, I'm usually cooking during a lot of those big seasons and, um, you know, but, uh, I was very lucky to be able to do that growing up and learn about it and, and just really respect it, you know? So that's amazing. That's incredible. And it can kind of be like cooking wild game, at least for me, I think can be, that's the, that's the perfect way to bridge a gap between someone who hunts and someone who does not, or someone who may be on the fence about hunting. Um, Mm -hmm. and as a chef, you get that right. Because like quality, good ingredients is of paramount importance. Right. And what we're, and not, and not just like, okay, this looks like a good cut of meat, but like, okay, you know, you've already alluded to it a couple of times, but what was this eating during its lifetime? Right now we live in a world where the salmon that you buy at the grocery are, are salmon are being fed corn, which is insane, right? Like now we're feeding fish, something that they would have never had access to unless we came in and screwed it up, which we did. And introducing folks to wild game and opening up that discourse about hunting, not to make like your life a a pro hunting thing, but like, I love that you're like, so you're you're pro hunting, right? You're you're like, you're on board with it. And I love that. Right. Like, I think it's a really important thing for people to hear, even if they don't hunt, right. If you value good ingredients and you value good cooking techniques and you value what you put in your body, mm-hmm. it's a good way to start that conversation. Yeah. And you know, something that we really push in Denver cooking classes is uh, when I, when I'm in a person's home, um, you know, they, people ask so many good questions. Uh, but you know, the answer to me 90% of the time is don't overthink it you know, do not overthink this, you know, Hey chef, how, how big should these onions be? Because, because these guys are watching, you know, say Gordon Ramsay or, or whatever. And you know, there's the, you know, I'm like, what do you want to bite into? You want a big chunk of onion in your meat sauce or, you know, do you want it to just flavor the dish? Right. Um, and the same thing goes with, with cooking, you know, meat and that kind of thing. Don't overthink it. You don't have to use all this extra stuff, Um, you know, if you have a really good quality ingredient, um, no matter what it is, a mushroom or a backstrap or a carrot, um, salt and pepper and, and the right technique, right. Uh, whether it's the grill or, you know, I, Hey, I just did a carrot dish that was so amazing. And I'm just starting to recently discover that I, carrots might be one of my favorite foods ever, like other than meat, of course. Um, but I poached them in um, apple cider vinegar and apple juice. Mm. Yeah. And like, and then I charred them on the grill afterward just to get a really nice char. And then I did the, a pistachio and mint and just tons of herbs um, over top. That sounds amazing. <laughs> yeah. And I did this for these hunters um, in Canada and uh, they're all from South Dakota, you know, but, but we're out there at the, at the lodge. And where was I? Um, Saskatoon, Saskatchewan, um, middle of nowhere, you know, um, but made them these carrots. And these guys were like, these are the best dressed carrots (laughs) that I've ever had. And, oh man, they were so good. And, and, uh, I served it with, I can't remember what I probably a New York strip or something put some carrots on the side. Um, but you know, so, so highlighting the things that, you know, that sounds incredible. Because that's kind of what I'm trying to say here is we don't have to overthink 
cooking, no matter what yeah. it is, you know, yeah. um, and the, and getting those quality ingredients for sure. So, you know, we, we talk a lot about that in our, in our cooking classes is just, you know, you don't have to overthink this. It's really, it's about getting the, the good stuff. And I'm so fortunate to have, um, so many vendors around that, that love food as much as me and, you know, to get some of the best ingredients that I can get my hands on. And I just, people text me all the time. Hey, I got all this pheasant. What should I do? Or, Hey, I've got, you know, and I'm like, Oh, do this and have me over and let's, <laughs> you know, um, or, you know, I just, I get a freezer full of all the good stuff and then I play with it and have fun and experiment, you know, and, and don't be scared. Don't be afraid. You, you might fuck I, it up. I did the same thing when I got my deer this year, I sent you a text message and you're like, Oh, you need to take this and make a loco moco with it and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. yeah. Loco moco with the, with the, what did you yep. have? Yeah, did you it do medicine. it? I did. I did. I did. I did. And, um, I'm not much of a cook. it was it was fun but uh i'm not much i don't know my omelets are legendary in the radio industry for how poor they are oh Um, no i eat eat a lot of scrambled eggs so oh my god sounds like we need a cooking class yeah i agree i agree completely i agree completely yeah Um, sounds like i have to uh saddle up the posse and head up head your direction or worse yet invite you down our neck of the woods yeah I'd like that much more. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and that's the whole thing that we do is, is let people stay home. You know, do you, do you get a lot of questions? Like, um, you go working at these lodges and and whatnot. Do you get a lot of people that are like, Oh, I'm allergic to, you know, insert blank item here. I can't have gluten. I can't have this. I can't have blah, 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 blah. I'm doing the, you know, I'm doing the carnivore diet. I'm doing the no meat diet, whatever the case may be. Yeah, absolutely. And, um, and in fact, I personally went to Mexico uh, several years ago. Well, I go all the time, but several years ago, very specifically, I got really sick um, from eating sashimi. You don't do that. Don't do that in Mexico. <laughs> um, and actually, yeah, it, and, it, and it wreaked havoc on my body. Um, and I've actually spent the last three years and, and still currently trying to heal from that. Um, and it gave me this laundry list of things I cannot eat. Hmm. Um, and so gluten and dairy, I haven't touched in three years. Um, and like eggs and things like that. Now, you know, the egg thing is like, if you have it in a cake or mayonnaise, for example, no problem. But if I were to just do an egg over easy or poached or something, I'd be sick as a dog. So it depends on how the egg is incorporated. Yeah. Um, the yolk, you know, if it's cooked or, or raw, um, so anyway, yes, um, almost every single one of my cooking classes, there's an allergy. And so I built my menus to be able to accommodate that. Um, you know, for Italy, for example, we do a ricotta gnocchi. Um, so instead of potatoes, because we want to make it quick, uh, we use ricotta, eggs, Parmesan, salt and pepper and flour. Um, you can easily replace that ricotta and do uh, pumpkin, huh. canned pumpkin. Or I would have never considered yep. that. Yep. And gluten-free flour. So if you're gluten and dairy free, yep. bam, we can still do that. Super, super, super easy. Um, so each one of my menus are built to accommodate all of those things. And, um, I mean, it's tough because when nobody has allergies, which is rare, um, I, you know, I'll be teaching or, or whatever. And I, God, I just want to taste, I just want to eat it because I know it's amazing. Cause I yeah. made the menu, you know, and I'm just like, I just want to, and I can't, you know, so, um, it's, it's unfortunate, but um, very, very used to accommodating those things and allergies and people getting sick from food is far more common. You know, you're seeing it everywhere. And I, I mean, you're seeing children being diagnosed with celiac kids. Yeah. And that's all comes back to our food and what we're feeding the animals that we're eating. You know, granted, I've been sick in Mexico um, I was there, uh, two years ago where we, and we had a private chef and, um, bless his heart. He kept forgetting about my allergies, you know, and, and they'll use a lot of dairy. And, uh, by the end, like he did a great job. I mean, oh my God, he accommodated me the, to the best of his ability. And it was amazing. But at the end he did a lobster, uh, dish with mashed potatoes 
And I took a bite and I'm like, oh man, this is just chock full of butter and cream. And I'm like, fuck it. I'm having it. And uh, (laughs) I'm just like, you know, I give up. I'm not even going (laughs) to, you know, I'm like, I'm just going to eat this. It's going to be great. And it was amazing. (laughs) And I didn't get nearly, I mean, yeah, my stomach like ached just a little bit, but nothing like what would happen here um, in the States um, had, had I had that, Mm. that same dish. Right. Is it the quality of the milk and the dairy and all that stuff? Is that what the quality is? It's what the animals are eating. Mm. You know, all of that, you know, there's so many considerations and and I've talked to plenty of people who um, have eaten, you know, say they're gluten-free or whatever, and they'll eat pasta in Italy and they don't get sick, you know? Yeah. Well, uh, so I, over the past two years have discovered that one of the triggers for migraines for me is Mm. chocolate. And what I have also discovered is that not a lot of things in our area that we eat, it's not real chocolate. Like a Hershey bar, that's not chocolate. You're not eating chocolate. So, yeah, I mean, don't get the wrong impression. I don't go horf down a freaking Hershey bar. But, I mean, yeah, like real chocolate is very weird. Yeah, <laughs> I eat a lot of those things. Yeah. <laughs> you, <go>. uh, <laughs> you know, no, absolutely. You're you're eating sugar, you know, uh, and and byproducts, milk. Yep, and all kinds of other other stuff, and and probably not very good cocoa powder. Yeah, exactly. You know? Um, yeah, absolutely right. And so you know, and that and that's just that, that conversation alone is really what also has pushed me to become more of an advocate on eating game. And, you know, there is a difference, right? Game and wild game, you know? So our game is what we're getting at say whole foods or even, you know, your, I, there's a, a store I love out in Aurora. Um, and they have everything, you know, from like, you know, walleye crawfish, um, to every kind of boar, sausage, uh, alligator. Um, I, they have it all. Antelope. Uh, I'll get my antelope there as well. Um, but uh, that's the stuff that's still farmed, right? You know, my yeah. the ground elk and that kind of thing. And then your wild game is what's been harvested, hopefully by you, right? Or your hopefully. friend. Hopefully by you or your friend. Um, but those are where... Not always. <laughs> Is, is that your hunting license? That is, is that an, an unfilled tag, unfilled is what that tag. is. Oh, the tag! Nice, <laughs> nice. Ooh, that's exciting. That's an elk tag. No, ma'am. This is a 2020. I can't see. Yes, elk tag. Yes, it is nice. a 2020 elk tag. Big nice. tag so. soup guy over there, Rob. Yes, that's me. I'm, I eat a lot so, of that. <laughs> when you harvest your elk this year, I like your optimism. You are a perpetual optimist, Sarah. I like this. You got it. Yeah, because you can do it. <laughs> you can do it. You can do it. Um, what? What? Uh, God, what was that? I forgot what I was game saying. Game versus wild game. Oh, yeah, yeah. 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 And and that's just the where with, like with my food allergies and and the and the issues that I have. You know, I, I I there's a lot of things I can't eat because they're grain finished. Yeah. Versus grass fed. You know. Right. Um, so I'm going to get, I'm going to have a lot more success, um, in my body and healing my gut, um, and all of that when I'm eating game or wild game, um, because of just what they're being fed and, and that kind of thing. Right. Um, I love this conversation. Yeah. 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 And yeah. You, can, and so, you can feel it, right. you like, you feel it oh, as a, in your body, right. I have more energy, right. Yes. I have my workouts are better. Yes. It's 100%, a thing. hundred percent. Yesterday, okay, so I have a thing. <laughs> um, my favorite food in the whole wide world, y'all, are hot dogs. Okay. <laughs> I love, I love hot dogs. I love <laughs> hot dogs, okay? And I know I said carrots and elk and all of that, and it's true, but I'll, my legs. I'll meet you at Costco. <laughs> nice. Oh my God, right? They have the, but I can't eat the bun. <laughs> like, I'll go to hot dog places and bring my own, like, lettuce. <laughs> look here can i have that hot dog we put on this um but like chili cheese hot dogs oh my god and i miss it so much because i can't you know but uh, but i'll i'll uh i'll mess around here sometimes anyhow my point is um i always have some hot dogs in the in the fridge and my personal favorite is nathan's um but i've got a different brand in there and i had one yesterday 
And I seriously love mayonnaise and barbecue sauce. All y'all can judge me. I don't care. It's amazing. Um, but, but here's the deal. I got a really bad headache. Uh, ah. And my blood sugar crashed. And for the rest of the day, I felt like crap. Yeah. You know, and we know what's in hot dogs. Uh, actually, we don't know what's in hot dogs, and we don't want to know what's in yeah. hot dogs. But better to, better to not, not ask. Yeah, 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 we know it's not good. Um, but this particular brand just it made me sick, you know. And um, it's not that like Nathan's, you know. But when I eat a hot dog, I love it so much. But you just you don't feel well afterward, right? Yeah. And um, you know, but if I eat an elk burger or I have my my bolognese, you know, or whatever that's game. Um, absolutely. I always feel better, you know, because again, it comes all the way back to what they're eating, what the animal's eating and also, um, how they're being raised. Um, you know, Hank Shaw, are you familiar with him? He's pretty oh, yeah. big authority. Oh, he is like the authority and he's like my hero. Um, he's a Rob, he's a James Beard award-winning chef, um, but also like Hunter, um, angler, whatever. He's just literally the authority on all of it. Um, but, I'll look him up. Uh, Oh yeah, I yeah. I have okay. a boar shoulder on the smoker right now, and I'm using Hank not. Shaw's. Yeah, I'm using Hank Shaw's wild hog recipe for it. Oh, I um, love it. He's the man. He's yeah. the man. Yeah. Um, but uh, well, now I lost my train of thought again. Somebody catch me up. <laughs> ADD is a terrible disease, isn't it, Sarah? <laughs> Hank Shaw. Hank oh Shaw. My God, what are they saying? He said boar shoulder, and I. I lost it, but I, I was saying more something. about that. I know, right? But what was I saying about Hank Shaw? Because he has, he talks about whatever I was talking about. Oh, um, he calls the chicken, for example, that we're used to getting, you know, like they're like the couch potato. And he refer, he refers to that, to the, you know, the couch potato versus, you know, the, the, the wild, um, you know, out there running around the free range, if you will, you right. know, and um, all, that matters too. What, what, what's happening in their environment um, and then what they're eating. And then, and then that contributes to the fat, um, you know, and, and all of that. And so I just, yeah, yeah the, I can't, the, I can't. The chicken breast you get at the grocery store. I have never seen a chicken with a chest that large. No, so I'm not sure what the deal is, it's not, but it's not normal. Um, yeah. You know, if you think about it, if they're out in the wild um, with those big boobs, can they, can they even survive? Cause it's too no. heavy, right? No like, way. no, we're falling and face down all the time. <laughs> it's, it's totally right. It's not normal. Um, there's a guy here in Colorado actually that, um, he's got a great story. Um, and he, he, uh, um, raises literally the best chicken I have ever had. And ultimately they're three pounds, right? Um, they mill their own food. And, the, and I know it's just, I, I think it's Colorado, but kind of on the border there. Um, and they mill their own food there on the farm. And uh, yeah, they raise these chickens to be about three pounds. I mean, it's the best, you know, and it's poultry flavored, you know, and um, the best thing like, like outside of, I don't know, Paris, France, probably um, <laughs> chicken I've ever, I've ever had. And, and, and the same thing goes with those chickens in the grocery store. I, I don't feel well when I'm, when I eat them, I really yeah. don't, I get a headache. I just like, Oh, I feel like shit because like, I don't know, you know, probably what happened. And, and if you are buying a chicken that isn't whole, um, you know, they, they sell the chickens and just the parts. Yeah. That's like 10 different chickens y'all. Right. Which is, uh, it's crazy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. A whole nother discussion. Yeah. A whole nother. Like I said, we could have, I don't know, a hundred, <laughs> million different, you know, discourses on, on all of this, but I am 100%, you know, I'm glad that we're here having this discussion, you know, just hopefully to just, even if we're changing one person's mind, right. You know, to, to try, to try it out and for and sure, honor it and bless it. And, and, oh, the things you can do yeah, and the way you can feel. Right. Which is ultimately the thing everybody should give a crap about. Right. Yeah. And, you know, like a slight pivot, but like your classes, mm -hmm. you have the amazing opportunity to teach and spend time with and meet all these people who are yeah. 
infection is infectious, right? Like I love how into this conversation and, and this discourse that, that you are right. And like, I, I can tell you bring that to the classroom or what, the kitchen or whatever mm -hmm. I call it. And, Thank uh, you do you bring like that sense of education to it as well when you're doing these classes with people? Like, are you having these conversations talking to like, Hey, you should be thinking about what your food is eating and where your food comes from more so than, I mean, I feel like I know the answer, but like more so than like, Hey, this is a recipe and this is how you cook this. Right. Absolutely. Um, our classes start out with, uh, you know, if it's a huge team or whether it's two people, um, there's a spiel and it's all very scripted and I've scripted it. Right. So I wrote this whole thing out. And the, the thing that we do in the very beginning is we go around and we say, you know, what's your first name? Where are you from? And what is your favorite thing to cook? And we'll do that with our chefs as well. So I've got a couple of amazing chefs that work, um, alongside of me and, um, you know, they all have their thing too. And so my answer of course is always my favorite thing to cook is game. And when you have, say, a group of 50 people, which I, we do very often, or 25 people, you've always got at least one hunter in there. And so that really does open up that dialogue. Um, or or for if it's a date night, um, somebody knows a hunter. And then, mm -hmm. you know, so you really do start opening that conversation. And then I get to kind of get in there and, um, and be passionate about that. But also, um, when I'm getting ingredients, you know, perfectly honest of course we're going to the store you know um the 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 model is kind of not not exactly um it doesn't allow me to have say food delivered you know what i mean so we're shopping um i don't have a place because it's in home right to have cisco or whomever come and, and deliver all my food so i get to use these these other vendors when i want to do something you know different or or special and um, so it does open up the conversation, you know, Hey, look how simple this dish is. Um, you know, you could add X, Y, and Z, you know, you're like, so for our paella, like chorizo, right. Um, try some elk sausage, right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Next time or whatever, you know, there's always a way to get yeah. your, your game into, into that and, and to have that, that dialogue you know, about where you're getting your food. And again, it points back, you don't have to do so many things and all the rubs and freaking marinades. If you've got something good, it's going to be good. Yeah. Right. So we absolutely have that conversation. And that's kind of how the class starts out is just talking about what's your favorite thing to cook. Um, and then we go in, we talk knife safety and, mm. um, you know, we use really sharp knives and uh, teach them that we teach uh, communication you know, and, and there's a lot of camaraderie that goes on, you know, say in a kitchen the same way it would be outdoors. Yep. Right. Um, if, you know, if you've got rifles or bow and arrows or knives in a kitchen, you know, you've got to be communicating and talking, um, you know, with one another. And, uh, if you're hunting, you're not talking, but you know what I mean? Yeah. Right. Like facial expressions and hand signals and things like that in a kitchen. It's, it's, um, words like behind, you know, hot. And so these team building classes really come together that way because they're learning how to, a completely different way of communication. Um, and then we put together our, our three course meal. That's so and cool. How, how long are these classes? So we block out three hours. Um, the corporate classes, it depends on how many people they are, but, but I never, ever, I've got it down to a science. I never go over three hours. Um, typically the cooking portion is an hour and a half to two hours, depending on how many people. Um, and actually 50 people, I've got it down to where I've got it like people in teams just doing different things. And, you know, I'll, uh, I'll, I'll see the people who are really nervous about knives and I send them over to the knives, you know, like, <laughs> Oh, you don't want to, you're afraid of a knife. You're doing knife work today. Yeah. Oh, you know everything about knives. You're rolling uh, gnocchi dough today, you know, and we'll split them up and I can read people like a book. And, um, you know, so that'll be about an hour and a half or so, um, a date night, you know, also an hour and a half. That's what and, I was just going to say. It sounds like the perfect Friday night with like friends and neighbors. Yes. Yeah. That would be a private class, um, but it's about an hour and a half. And then after that, you sit down and eat myself or our chefs clean up and we're out the door. So, you know, your in-home kind of smaller class will be about 
two hours, two and a half hours, all, all said and done in the corporate. Um, we finish an hour and a half, two hours, and then they all sit with their team and eat kind of family style. And then, uh, we're cleaning up and, and that kind of thing. But, you know, I've got it down where we're there at five 30 and we're walking out the door at eight 30 every single time, no matter what. This sounds like a perfect Friday night. It's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and we get people who call and they're like, you know, they don't realize that it's at home. Um, and, like, <laughs> you know, and, then, and, they're, and I'm always like, so it's in home. And they're like, oh, we wanted to go out because we have a baby and we wanted to, you know, we got this babysitter. And I'm like, yeah, I get that. But you can also put your baby to bed and just go right downstairs into a cooking class, which I've seen a million times, you know, where yeah. people are just like, oh, let us put the baby to bed. Get, you know, can you come at seven instead? Sure. If you're cool to eat at 830, no problem. Um, you know, and the baby's upstairs asleep, but we do a class and they're having wine and everybody's happy. Yeah. These are uh, like, so team HLE tries to do things together all the time. This sounds like right. the perfect get together for team HLE. Yeah. I think yeah. So. And we have a kitchen for that. You know, our, our kitchen space holds 120 people. It's a big wow. event space. The kitchen itself will get comfortably, um, I think I've done 16 people just kind of around because it's a two uh, ranges on the, on the top of kind of a bar area and then the kitchen. Um, but again, we will split teams and, you know, accommodate pretty much I've done up to 50 people. Wow. Yeah. Cool. I don't know. And actually the, the, I noticed and the 50 person, like that class went off without a hitch. I couldn't even <laughs> believe it. And I'm like, you know, I've had more hitches with four people. Than well, the 50. I was going to say, what is the most aspect of this part of the job? I was trying to Sorry. think of like what, what my guess would be, but what do you find most challenging when doing oh, these the most classes? challenging? God, that's, that's a good question. Um, Cause you're going to have lack of experience for sure. And I get that. It sounds like you have no problem sourcing your ingredients. Not at all. So logistically, no. that's not an issue. Yeah. I mean, my, it's, I have so much fun to be honest with you. And, and we make so many people happy. Um, it's something that I've learned is that the way that I've built these classes is that, you know, you're in someone's house and you're showing them like significance, you know, something that I do is remember every single person's name Mm. and I'm talking all the way up to the 50 people. I will stand there after we go around and I will tell you every single person's name. It's nuts. Um, And these people feel then heard significant, important for those three hours. Then they've learned something and then they're super excited and you get to see the joy on people's faces. Like I created this. Oh my gosh, I did this, you know? And so if there was any kind of challenge, I don't know that the, the joy that I'm seeing in in people in, in this experience is really outweighing any of that. Um, the challenge I would say the most is getting the right team members because the job requires a lot. Mm. Um, you are doing time management, you are public speaking, you are teaching, you are, um, you're cooking and that kind of thing. You're cleaning your, I have a, like I said, a very specific time frame that it needs to be done in. Um, mm. so finding those people that can do all of those things, is, is difficult. Yeah. I would say that's honestly the biggest challenge that, that I've really um, experienced is just the, the, the finding the fit. Um, and the team that I have now is just like next level. Amazing. You know, because really you've got to be able to do all kinds of different things and wear a lot of hats. Right. Yep. Um, and you know, every once in a while I'll get some clients who are just like wasted. Yeah. Yeah. That kind of thing. Cause See, it's a, yeah. you know, it's, it's a party a lot right. of times, but I've, I've had people where they were already drunk when you got there, you know? And so there's a challenge so with that. They don't, they don't get knife duty. <laughs> no, no, they don't. They get, they get, they get, they get clean up duty. And, you know, sometimes it's just kind of, you know, I, I work really hard to bring a really special experience to people's table. Um, you know, and so you're, I, I try sometimes like, Hey, I know that you want to drink and party and this is kind of your night out. Um, just 
be careful, please. You know, and let's do this. And then when <laughs> I'm out of here, an hour and a half to two hours, you know, get hammered. Yeah. Yep. Um, but, but honestly, we, we just make so many people happy. I, I, there's, I love this. This is yeah such a great story. Yay. Thank you. Yeah, it is good. It is good. It is for sure. Yeah. I'm food brings fortunate. people together for sure. It does. And that's the, that's the, the heart of it all is the kitchen. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So. How do you, how do you make sure Sarah, that you're still like pushing yourself creatively? Like I'm sure you are always like thinking about like different ways that you can do things or like different, how often do you pick, do you pick different countries for your menus? Like how do you think through that creative part of the house? That's such an amazing, amazing question uh, because there have been so many times and perhaps this answers your challenge question um, yeah. where, you know, because my menus are set, right? And that's, and that's so that the team that I have can go and they're doing the same thing, right? You know, and there's not all these changes. Um, you know, with some of our menus, like I said, there's some room to be more seasonal, Right. So if you're making gnocchi, you can do any kind of thing, you know, sauce that, you know, you know, in the, in the fall, we're definitely using pumpkin and sage and sausage, you know, um, and any kind of local fall ingredient. spring right now, we're using, you know, mushrooms and mint and like chive blossoms, which I have, you know, look at all these chive blossoms I have. Um, wait, I have a ton of those in my garden. What do I do with those? You put them on things and you eat them. You can eat them. Delicious. Yes. Oh my God. Yes, 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 yes. And they're also beautiful. I put these on like lobster rolls and it just brings color and, and awesome. a little bit of that kind of onion flavor. Um, but, uh, you know, so it's tough to be creative in that regard um, because the menus are set. But with Dalton Culinary, my catering company where I'm going into people's homes um, and doing multi-course meals, that's where I get to get really creative and do different things and get those ingredients from my vendors and, and just go crazy. Um, you know, and then also when I'm cooking at home for myself, that's when I'm playing a lot more with game. You know, like I said, I've got that rabbit in the, in the freezer and I'm thinking about pozole, but I'm also thinking about like fried chicken, you know, and I'm like, maybe yeah. I should just break this thing down and just fry it, make a sandwich. I don't know. That's um, cool. You know, so that's where I get to really play yeah. and, uh, you know, do my thing is, you know, when I'm, when I'm catering and, and, uh, doing those in home catering events you know so that's yeah. awesome and i yeah, read I, was, I read a lot of cookbooks yeah. man and yeah and just play you just yeah. i just play i play with my food and that's another thing i tell my students and or guests i should say um play with your food get your fucking hands dirty man yeah get in there play with it yeah. you know they always told us growing up not to play with your food and i just disagree completely play with it you know get in there feel it touch it smell it Bite into it, you know, see what it does, burn it on accident. See what happens. What's it taste like? You know what I mean? Mess up, make mistakes and don't overthink it. Yeah. It's huge. She said on accident. <laughs> yeah, whatever, you know, like, oh my God, God forbid you can't go get another onion or something like, cause you burnt it. You know what I mean? It's just, <laughs> don't overthink it, you know, but, but definitely play with it and get to know it. And, you know, that's, I love going to the farmer's markets and just, oh my gosh, in California, I, the farmer's markets are like insane. And I did a, um, sort of a, uh, I did a risotto with everything that I found at the farmer's market, but I did, I used the Holy Trinity. So, you know, celery and peppers. And, um, I also did like garlic and I, I found okra and like tomatoes. And I just, I did this whole risotto with a beautiful piece of salmon, um, from, from right there. Well, up, up North a little bit. Um, and, uh, oh my God, it was amazing. Right. I mean, it tasted so good because you know, that stuff was picked this morning. Yeah. Right. And, and, and it was on the table at night, yeah. you know, it's like, it was handpicked this morning. I picked it up, brought it to my friend's house and made this meal. Right. Right. You know, that's, that's where I have a really good time, um, getting creative and, and that kind of thing is just just strolling through farmer's markets and like picking up food and smelling it and tasting it and touching it, understanding where it came from, asking questions. Um, you know, where did this come from? Where's your farm? All of that, getting to know it. It's a relationship. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's, it's a relationship and it's, 
as intimate as you you want it to be right and like yeah. play with your food right make it make it an intimate kind of process and, and never stop absolutely never stop because it the it, the learning never stops and the and the you know the the things that you can do with your ingredients are just beyond your wildest dreams it's infinite you know um and yeah it just it makes me happy i i get a lot of clients who i'm like what's your favorite thing to cook and they'll say take out and oh, it's really funny <laughs> Yeah. Really funny, but it kind of just kind of makes me sad. And I love seeing those people then like make a, a, a dish and they're like, oh my God, I can do this. I can do this. And yeah, I can do this. And, and they do. And then they email me a picture of, you know, they recreated the meal and I'm like, well, look at you, you know, <laughs> you're not ordering takeout as much anymore. It. Yeah. Yeah. So cool. yeah, yeah, I was, uh, we're doing this. I was scrolling I'm through. doing this. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I was scrolling through your menus and I was looking at your Japan one and saw the chicken katsu and I was like, oh, Ooh. son, you know, some fried chicken sounds pretty good. I got some I got some chucker mm. and some quail in the freezer out there. I might be playing around there with that go. this weekend that, you know, yeah. I, th- that'd be something Ooh. I haven't done before with with games. So I was like, oh, I think I might, you know, you've, you've inspired me, Sarah. Oh, thank you. That makes yeah. me I'm, you're going to make me cry. Um, <laughs> That's the idea, though. Yeah. Inspire, right? Um, The ideas are just like I said; they're they're just they're out there. Um, You know, you could use duck, and I mean, like, think about Chinese food. Hello. Yeah. Go to an Asian market. Thinking about it right now. (laughs) So am I. I'm starving. Yeah. Um, Oh my god, my stomach's like growling. I'm like, you guys will probably hear it. Um, But uh, great idea, Carter. Let's have a chef on at lunchtime. I want an, I, Carter, I want a picture of that boar that you're working with today. Well, I was going to say, you know, we're rolling up on an hour here. We clearly need to do a part two and possibly a three, so. three, four and five. Sarah, I'll, I'll talk to, to you as, yeah. as much as you're willing to sit down and talk to us. So all the um, time. Absolutely. I will send you a picture and you can give me a thumbs up or a thumbs down. And you know what? I'm going to put a one of them chive things on top of there on top you go. Of that one, one of them chive uh, things. I'll, I'll send you a picture. <laughs> That's the most Carter statement ever right there. One of them things out alone. <laughs> um, and actually like you can, you can pull these apart real nicely, you know, like, so you can just, you don't even have to chop them, but you pull them apart and then like sprinkle it. Sprinkle. And it looks really, really beautiful. The presentation's important. Hey, and like I, we teach that too, presentation and just really simple, different knife cuts that if you cut this thing on an angle, on a bias, we call it, like, and put it up kind of high, um, you got a dish that's looking five star, you know, just because you just because you switched up your knife cut, you know, so Heck just yeah. all these little things to get you really excited and inspired about your food. Like people don't realize, oh, I, oh, I have to cut, I can cut the scallion like this and look how gorgeous right? right and you can put flowers on your food and eat them don't pick like a dandelion out of your yard that's been fertilized a hundred times or anything like that <laughs> but uh you know again source good ingredients but yeah i would uh i would love to do this i'm always willing to talk uh, i get to do this with uh, uh other colleagues of mine who are in the medical field so doctors um we talk a lot as well on just food allergies and you know substitutions um, things that I use for, you know, that I, cause I can't have X, Y, and Z, um, that I do instead. So, um, there's, we're always talking. Very cool. Where Sarah, where can listeners find your stuff on social media? Yeah. So, um, Denver cooking classes.com super easy. We got really, really lucky to, to nail down that, <laughs> that, uh, um, what do you call that? I don't even know. Host is it website I, name. Yeah. Um, I'm not the computer person at all, uh, <laughs> but Denver cooking classes.com. And then we're on Instagram. Um, and that is, uh, Instagram Denver cooking classes, uh, Facebook as well. Facebook Denver cooking classes. I, it's, it's super easy. I know people do tend to get a little confused and they'll say like Denver cooking class, but it's just classes because there's lots of them and we do them seven days a week. Don't overthink it. Don't overthink it, baby. Yeah, don't overthink it. Denver cooking classes, guys. Yeah, maybe that's the name of this episode. Denver, don't overthink it. Don't overthink it. 
I love that. Yeah. That should absolutely be the name of this. I think that's brilliant. Uh, I'm going to write that down. I wish All there right. was a way to put like chive blossom in there somewhere. Like <laughs> One of them chive things. One of them, one of them there chive things. I grew up in Cincinnati. I know. Right around the corner. <laughs> yep. yep. Exactly. Uh, we appreciate it. Rob, do you have any closing thoughts for us, man? Sarah, I'm so glad we finally made this happen. You know, we connected back in the fall and I'm so glad this finally we put this together. Uh, it's been great talking to you. Thank you. Really. Yeah, this yeah. is this is very inspiring for me too. And and I appreciate that we that we're here doing this. It's it's an important conversation to have and to share everywhere. Heck yeah. Any closing thoughts for us, Sarah? Uh, don't overthink it. Don't overthink <laughs> it. Come on. Yeah. That's all I got for y'all, but uh, truly, you know, thank you. It's, this is always a pleasure. I love, love, love doing this. And um, I hope that we can do round two here pretty soon. Heck yeah, yep. absolutely. absolutely. Thank you for your time. We really appreciate it. It's awesome to put a, a voice to a face now. And um, we're looking forward to doing more stuff with you in the future, Sarah. So we appreciate it. And listeners, as always, we appreciate the hell to you guys. And we'll talk to you next week. <laughs>